0: Okay, welcome everyone to another one of our conversations, another one of our interviews with Rubik. We decided to start a new mini-series within our conversations. If you see the message I sent out, um, I called it confrontations. Um, The topics or the topics we're going to discuss all relate to Judaism and modernity. We are all at some point, or maybe we already have, Going to encounter modern Western society, and there are many ideas, many philosophies, many many ideologies in the world which we encounter which might um, contrast, might conflict, might complement our uh, Hashkoffers as uh, as uh, as Torah, as Torah Jews, as uh, as people who strive to be of the Ashken. Now, the reason why it's important for us to discuss these things um, is well, the truth is there's a number of reasons. The first one, which is the most basic, um, yet might have the most negative tinge to it, is like the Mishnah Nova says, we will encounter um, ideas from the outside world which are different to the ideas um, of the Torah, and we have to know how to. Respond to them, only a fool would walk into, uh, would walk around with his eyes closed, however, and this is something which Rabik has mentioned a number of times over the last few sessions there's another reason that it's worth discussing and thinking about these issues and the terrorist approach to these issues um, and that is that um, we want to serve our college in our uh, in our fullest um, we've mentioned. I'm not sure if in these interviews or in in, in and Machshova, the uh, introduction of the Chovus Havovus, that a person has certain Chovus, certain obligations upon their limbs. That's pretty much the vast majority of the mitzvahs, which we're aware of. But also there's chovas Havovus, obligations on the mind. HaKadosh Baruch Hu created us with hearts, or we would probably say minds, and we have to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu fully with them. Or to quote Rabbeinu Rav Bik, as he said pretty much every time in, Every time we've had one of these interviews, the das, essa, ms, shu ms. So we want to know, we want to understand, um, um, from, even from a Torah point of view, we want to understand the truth. We want to think deeply about the lives we live and the things we should do. And therefore, when we encounter other ideas, it is always worth thinking about them and trying to think about them as of the Hashem. Uh, as um, and that's what we're going to do over this uh, interview. Over the course of the next few interviews, we're going to take what might be called hot topics, as in um, areas where the encounter between the Torah and the modern world um, is, is is worth uh, is worth discussing. We call them confrontations because, quite simply, there are certain, there will always be a time where one will be confronted by one or some of these issues, and therefore they're worth discussing. I want to thank Rupik. Um, once again, for joining us and sharing his uh, invaluable wisdom with us. And uh, I think we're going to crack straight on with uh, with our first topic, with our first question. Individualism. The Torah says that each person was made elokim. We're all got our own. We're all important because we are made in the Godly image. Chazal and the Gemara even say that uh, a person is made alone to teach us that each person is their own world. Someone who kills, someone is like they're destroying an entire world. The uh, the Declaration of Independence even says that uh, all men are endowed by their creator with inalienable rights. And it definitely seems to be one of the uh, most uh, fundamental beliefs of Western society is, in broad terms, individualism. Um, Yet, the model of individualism, which is around in contemporary Western society, might be different than that of uh, that of the Jewish conception of, individ- of individualism. Ruv any thoughts on individualism?
1: Individualism. There's no question that anyone who grew up in the, last, in the, Western, in the Western world in the last hundred years is imbued with a value scheme in which the individual is the standard, is the way you measure the value of a human life. And it's a good example of something which I think we have. Before, when you introduced the study, the standard, the whole meeting, she said, you know, Western ideologies, you mentioned the word ideology, and most people think that nowadays there are no ideologies, Well, the the ideology of the modern, the postmodern Western world is that there are no ideologies. Individualism might be an ideology, although I've barely seen it uh, defined that way, but more importantly, it's a way of thinking, which makes it much more powerful and much more perhaps dangerous than a given ideology. Most of us have received the Chilich, which we've been taught to recognize things which are wrong, or improper, or heretical. Um, but anyone brought up in the Western world, when you ask, like, is this a good thing? Is this a good thing? What makes a good person? What's good for society? It's, it's, a, it's a basic building block of the way we approach things, where we've been taught to approach things, is to say that the unit of value in human society is the individual human life. Now, you mentioned very quickly, certain uh, which support it, which is true. That's why, that's why it appeals to us, because it's true, because there's something really true there, which uh, reverberates in what we've been taught, reverberates in, in something very, I think, very deep in Yiddishkeit. But we should understand that it wasn't something that was understood differently. It was understood in a different context. Till recently, we, there is something new here. There is something which is only true in the world, Bichlal, for 200 years maybe, or slightly longer, uh, 250, 300 years. In the older world, in the medieval world, in the ancient world, it was, again, it wasn't an ideology. It was part of the way people thought about themselves. They thought about themselves as belonging to a society, belonging to a class, belonging to a social group, and deriving their value from it. It was almost impossible for people to think of human beings as being, as being alone. Uh, there were philosophies based on this, but people who weren't philosophers, people on the street, if you ask them, like, who are you? If you ask today somebody, who are you? So most people will answer, I'm Yannicka Shmuel, I'm Ezra Beck. If you ask somebody in the medieval world who he was, he would say, I am a, a serf. I am a member of the nobility. I am a Frenchman. He, his identity was the group to which, he, to which he belonged. And when you remember that, then you realize that obviously Judaism is, you could say, conflicted or torn between two, two opposite points. It's true that the Mishnah Tzeded says, lama, av, lama Nivra Adam Yechidi, Kadesh, uh, the more extreme version, than the one that you said. You said, The next line the Mishnah says, the person should say, which is a statement of extreme individualism. The human, one human life, and basically any human life, because everybody can say that, one human life can say, The whole world exists just for me, or could exist just for me, or was worthy of being created for me. And that's a very big episode in Yiddishkeit. But, but it's clear that there's also an opposite. You said. Uh, the Torah wasn't given to a single individual. We derive from a single individual, Abba Mavinu, but he didn't get the Torah. And if you think about it, every other religion, every other ideology, every other group like this, if it starts with one person. Then, then, then he had the whole truth. You know, the founder of any religion was the one individual. Abba Mavinu was the founder, so to speak, of Judaism. But the Torah was given not to him, but only two generations later, when the six hundred thousand people could come to Hasina. God suggests, I assume facetiously, it's Moshra after the Chet Cheta, cheta Let's kill them all and I'll start with you. And Moshe Rabbeinu understands it's a trap. It says Mapitab. Doesn't doesn't work that way. I know you don't want that. Uh, half the Torah is written in Balashan Rabbit. Three quarters of the Torah it talks about Atem, Atem or Ha'am or Haida. Uh, and Judaism exists on, on the tension between the two things. And it's not just a question of who you are. How do we measure value? What a single person, is a single person the measure of value? So I was giving a whole share about this. Well, we try to, first of all, explain the two sides. Because if you don't understand the, the, the extreme nature of the two sides, then you won't get to the reconciliation. But the reconciliation is individuals join together to form a group, and then the group gives value to the individuals. Single individual alone on a desert island, he, he's created by Elohim. It's true. He's, he is worthy of having the Torah world created for him, but he's not going to go anywhere. He lacks the nexus, he lacks the belonging, he lacks the identity, which was given to Amr as Jews, be, be, be and that's something which the Western world barely believes in or barely even thinks in those terms. Um, there's an ongoing, you know, argument and somehow lately, people connect any possible issue to this argument between universalism and particularism, globalism and, and nationalism. It's it's part of the same. The same said, globalism doesn't mean our community is the world, it means my community is not global. And When I was a child, it's probably hard for some people to believe this because the world has really gotten so much cynical since then, but in the 1950s when we were children going to school, we really thought the United Nations was, uh, was, was, was the salvation of the world. And it was, like, it was like amazing, you know, the whole world would be, the, the, the whole world would get together and uh, we're well, much more cynical today because we realize how it doesn't really work. Um, but but the, the tension involved, are you a citizen of the world, which means that you're not a citizen of anything at all? Or do you, do you have to belong to a community, which might be a nation, might be a community, might be a shore, might be, but you have to belong to it, otherwise you get lost, otherwise you disappear. Generally speaking, if you think about it, the way uh, when we think about public events, we think about speeches of politicians in the United States, we assume that people talk about nationalism, people talk about even community, that they belong to the more primitive. They belong to the, um, they're not really sophisticated. And when you go to university, there are no, there are, there are no nationalists there. There are no communalists there. There are uh, humanists, citizens of the world, and it's a very powerful, it's a very powerful way of thinking. No even, one even sells it, because it's, it's understood that that's how you measure something. Frankly, if you read the mum, you get the same impression we in the Monevuchim, is Amish Sali even mentioned. I'm trying to think of a place. I don't have any place. Uh, individualism has a long history, but the Western world is superly based on, if, if you're happy, that's good. And and if, if what, what, what's the only chet that you can do in the modern Western world? is to attack someone else's individual rights. And individualism, of course, is based on violence. It's, it's, it's me. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the value. So that's something which I think uh, we shouldn't deny. It's one of the things we've actually learned from the modern Western world. At best, you have to realize that it's 50%, meaning that 1 plus 1 equals 2. There's, there's a unity involved that the individual gains. He grants legitimacy to the group he joins. But the group he joins then enhances his life and becomes part of his identity. And and the feeling that I can be alone and if I'm right, I'm right, and nothing else counts. Sometimes you read uh, you know novels, and that's that's really you nothing know, the great lonely individual. The whole book's about the you know, speaking as well street in other societies. Uh, rugged individualism was a term to describe the man who went out to the West and conquered the West and lived in the Lonely Valley all by himself uh, with his wife and his two kids and, 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 and he, was, he was making the world it's, it's deeply ingrained in American social psych uh, and it's one of the things which is ruining America today uh, in, the, in the inability to, 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 um, to realize you have to give up yourself to join with somebody else because in the end Ultimate value can only be found in the community the community to, which we, to which we build. There are a lot of halachas which talk about this. This might be even what, we're talking like high philosophy. There are little teeny halachas. But in every, 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 every history of every yeshiva, there comes a point where the Mashkirch realizes someone's not going to Minyan. I think that happens in Shvat Haaretz also. I'm guessing, maybe. You know, I don't know anybody like that. Uh, so Mashkirch catches him. He says, don't Why don't you come to it. Minyan? He says, But you've heard of that. One Do our cases like that in Yeshiva ta
0: That's
1: why Ravroin is listening in. Ravroin hasn't come to Yadavit and Yeshiva in months. He's not a good example. Um, so the Mashiach catches the guy and he says, So why aren't you coming to Minyan? And he says, But Rabbi, I don't dab well in Minyan. When I dab it by myself. I have such kavana. It uh, depends on whether he's a chaser or a misnag. It's not, he's He in my little room. And it's just me and God. If he's a chaser, he says, I can't dab it in Minyan. I have to be out in the fields. I'm wondering, talking to the birds. It's much closer. So if he's a old-style mashkiach, you not too sharp, will say, doesn't make a difference. You have to come, else will throw you out. And if he's, if he's a deep mashkiach, he says, you might be right. Could be that on any given day, the individual and God, you and God, that's like, that's the whole world. But you're missing something. Because tefillah is tefillah b'tzibah. What does that mean? It might be less valuable on the individual level. There's less kavanah, I don't know, less dveikos. It might, it might be true. It probably is true most many, pa- part of the time. But the tzibu that's davening has a different relationship with God. There's a, there's a different value there than what you can do on your own. Iran says that any individual facing God is not going to be that valuable because he's a mixture of chet and, 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 and mitzvah, chut and chova, and it's not going to look good. And then there's probably too much choval. I'm standing before God. So the value of each person uh, fits together with the value of the people that's a great good. And me, as part of that, I can stand in front of God and not be worried, as the verse says to the Sarabim and Nishma's that God will always listen to me because it's, it's, it's asking. Uh, but, but today happens all the time Serious people are not bad people Serious people don't have because they're, both and they're too fast there's not enough time for meaning, there's too much noise and try to fight against but we have to realize if you're not an individual then who needs you you can't contribute to the society you have to be an individual who connects to, who connects to society and there's always, there's always a lot of tension above the that. We have to come better it all, all the time. Just, just recently, I was giving a share on um, it's a funny topic, on why we say psukhe de There's a sota says that says Why we say above it's the end of davening. It's a funny cat. What's it doing there? Uh, the world exists. Every day gets worse. There's no Shekhinah, so the world is just going down. The says, so how do we get to where we are? At the Gemara asked it, it was after a couple hundred years. It's 2,000 years. How does the world still exist? Every day is worse than the other day. The says, because of Tushit Desidra, because they say Uval Savashi So Rashi says, what does it mean? So Rashi explains, Uval is learning Torah, but on the lowest possible level. It's a pasuk and a translation. We take we pick pasukim of Kedusha, but, but it's just learning Torah because then everybody can learn. So all all Yisrael, Talmidim v'Amoratsim. That's a quote of Rashi. Talmidim and learn the same thing. That's what supports that. That's what's the of the world. And the, the individual, the great Talmud Chacham, the great Yeshiva Bacham, Shiva Haratzel or the great Rav, Yeshivat who's learning on his own, there's no shechina. But if Amisol, at the end of davening, everybody says, Rashi says, a little bit, but we're all learning the same thing. It's an amazingly, uh, one, egalitarian, but two, communal statement. We're all learning the same thing at the same time. dava Mu'at, that's why the world exists. That's why the shechina in the world and the killer the 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 is negated. So it's not coming to say, "Wow, let's all learn on a low level." So let's organize that. No one should no one should be different. No one should learn more than anybody else.
0: If the if the if the whole community learns only do the bamura, two
1: minutes a day. So an individual uh, seen. I, and otherwise, you're on your own, so you'll have great accomplishments. But how much are those great accomplishments worth in the end we're measured, against, we're measured against absolute value?
0: What you've mentioned now is very much. Um, the, I can wax eloquent another couple of minutes if you want. Um, you can, but uh, I'm just wondering what you mentioned now is very, very much to do with the value that the individual gets by being part of something bigger by being part of a community by being part of a society is there is there also does the fact that does individualism not only give value to the individual does it also impo- impose obligations upon him that he now has responsibilities to the uh to the um to the rabbin can you see me Can you hear me? Not well, you're breaking up.
1: Oh, you see how difficult it is for us to break out of our individual moles and get together. And 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 Gavi was in a healthy collaborative. Well, I'm still here.
0: Much better, Gavriel. Much better. Okay. Sorry about, uh, sorry about all those uh, pauses. I'm not sure if anyone heard what I had to say. It could be that I haven't interrupted the book at all and I've been sitting in my own individual world, um, disconnected from the greater whole and therefore missing all the value which, which, which we get from being part of that greater whole. Um, what I wanted to ask is, does, um, you've, what you've mentioned now is, is the value that an individual gets from being connected to something bigger than him but is there is there a more is there a different way of looking at it are there responsibilities put on the individual through the fact that he is such a unique or they are such a unique individual as in is individualism just about right or are those are responsibilities which come from being made sentimental? okay something you sometimes we think that one of the problems
1: with Western individualism is that, it's, is that it becomes selfish, which is probably true, but it's not necessarily true. No, it's, not, it's not a philosophical argument. It, is, it, it probably sociologically is true, that if you all the time stress that, that you, know, you are the pinnacle of creation and your happiness is value and your well-being or your accomplishments, if you can become a better person, that's, that's the goal of life, so it can very easily uh, become selfishness. In other words, if I dedicate myself to bettering myself, and if uh, if I can climb to the pinnacle that I've uh, my 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 maximum potential, that's it. As I made I made it worthwhile for God to create the world. That can very easily turn out. To be a form of egoism and selfishness, and the greatest example of that are the novels of Ayn Rand, which were very popular when I was a child. Apparently, having a comeback today, and people started reading them again. And frankly, I was never attracted to them, and because, I, because I'm because moralist. It doesn't have to be true. All you have to do is say and realize deep down, because you're an ethical individual, that your greatness, your individual greatness, is to be about chesed, and that'll protect you from uh, that'll protect you from uh, from, from selfish. Egoistic uh, individualism, but it, it, you should be aware of the fact that surely sociologically and it's happened it, it's, it, it's happened in let's say in American culture which is so uncommunal that people have a tendency more and more in the 20th and 21st century to forget about the communal obligations uh, it doesn't have to be the, the, you can have a theory of obligations to others which derives from my need to be a wonderful person, but my need to be a great person, rather than my need to take care of you. Of course, psychologically, that's a paradox. In other words, if I am good to others because I want to be a better person, then I'm really being selfish. I'm not being good to others. I'm not being, I'm not being ethical. But psychologically, it's very hard to keep the strand separately. We all teach, every, every Muslim teaches people that if you are good to others, that's really good for you. And if you believe that, you're you might not be good to others, and so I, I'm not so much worried about that. I, 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 we have to be on guard against letting uh, individual values uh, turn us into self-centered, self-centered people in terms of what we actually do. But it doesn't. It, but, but with a little bit of care, with a little bit of commitment to understanding that a, a great individual is one who cares about others. But, but you're right about one point. It does not mean to care about others? There's an expression that was used to describe why superior individuals help others. Noblesse oblige. The, the upper classes, they have an obligation to be good to other people. They're really upper. They don't, they're, not, they're not obligated to the lower people, but, but it's a good thing. It's a good thing to get stuck. It's a good thing to, you have a billion dollars, so you should give a couple hundred thousand dollars and have a foundation on your name and get a plaque on the wall. So that, that's really different than what, what you're aiming at. That's different than realizing that without others, without my contributing to society, not to poor nebuchs, without my building, the society, then I'm also nothing. It's not that I overflow with greatness and also flows to others. It's that I need the others to be great, and I need to be great for the others. If I'd be the opposite of an individual, so I'd be a pure communalist, then I would be nothing without my society. And I think what we have to aim at is a balance or a combination between the two. It's a different psychology. So that you really that that that's really right. How does one feel when you do, let's say, gift stock? Do you feel that you're you're granting somebody a a, a favor? You 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 have so much money or so much goodness or so much spare time that you feel you're feeling better because you can also. Helping other people, you 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 deem it necessary to grant them a couple of minutes of your time, or oh, a lot of minutes of your time. Or do you really realize that we're we're an interconnected nexus? That 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 you know, in some extent, I am la Kadosh Baruch but in the other sense, I'm Yisrael, to which I am just one small card, but needs me, and I need it, and therefore I'm actually dedicating myself for. For, for communal good or for communal benefit. And halakha and they could be the same thing. But in terms of the the, the inner commitment, it could be very, very different things. So um, just to say that we have obligations isn't really, isn't really the point. I hope any ethical individual would, would would realize that the over-excessive individualism has led to selfishness, and he would fight against it. The question is, where do you find your own meaning. And, and to some extent, there'll be nafkamina. I'll give you an example of nafkamina. What happens when there's a conflict? Serious conflict. And this is a serious question, which I think is a difficult answer. But the extremes will, 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 will know the answer. If I do for others, then I will lose for myself, lose something valuable. I don't mean lose time, or lose a little bit of money. Uh, again, let's take examples. There's small examples, examples from yeshiva. So, do I learn night chavusa with someone who doesn't have much to offer me? I'm doing him a favor. But that means I learn less. I came to yeshiva to learn. I only have two years in yeshiva. After that, I'm never going to go to uh, some winky Dick university. So I have to learn a lot now. So do I learn to help others? That's really at my spiritual. I'm trying to make it as, as firm as possible. It's at my spiritual expense. Um, so what's more important? That's not, not an easy question to answer. I don't, like, I don't like simple answers to that question. But if, you're, if in the end, you know, you're great. This is the only measure. So it's true that helping others contributes to my greatness, but not at the expense of my greatness. And if you're only a communalist, which unfortunately is what's known in political science as fascism, then, then, then of course you have to, you know, the, the greatest good of man is to lose himself in the, uh, in, the, in, in the community. So Julius doesn't think you should lose yourself in the community. But Rosa doesn't think that you can possibly put yourself before the community because by doing so you divorce yourself and then, you know, with anything. It's an amazing statement in the Rambam, which is so scary when you read it, because you say, oh, it's extreme, but we all get very close to it. Person who does all the mitzvahs, Rav Amritsar he's not one of them. He, he has the right beliefs, and he does all the mitzvahs, aval, mitaber He does it on his own. He doesn't feel part of the community. Uh, so he doesn't have, I don't, I don't know what he's referring to, he lo sameach basimchaton. I don't think it means Pesach. Pesach he does anyhow. Whatever. It's, uh, there's a uh, communal happiness today. It's, 50th, it's the 50th anniversary of, of uh, Alon Shvoet, so there's a little bit of a celebration. It doesn't go because what's it to him? Lo Avel Lutam. says, lo lo It's extraordinary. Everything he did is worthless. You can't divorce yourself from the community. And, and so that kind of conflict comes up, I think, all the time. Uh, there's an amazing statement, which I think people have probably heard me quote because I quote it once every couple of weeks but I remember quoting it on Zoom yet so maybe the Zoom community hasn't heard it uh, I know it by heart. Why do I know it by heart? I didn't make an effort. I heard it quoted uh, in 1966. How long ago is that?
0: Long time ago. Yeah.
1: Long time. Okay. Before you were born um, uh, there's hardly a man in this Zoom thing alive who remembers that great uh, time in year. Hardly, but there is one. And Mav Lechison quoted it in a shichah that he gave about about engaging in communal work, about going into Chinuch. We were little kids. We were 17, 18. It's a statement from Havalia Elia Kaplan, who, after World War I, he was a young man learning yeshiva in Lita. He, uh, a little bit older, he was very above, I guess. He left the yeshiva. But he was a real top tab- <laughs> He was a Moshalamdan. And he was involved in setting up, first he set up schools. You know, World War I destroyed the Jewish community in Eastern Europe, but also destroyed the framework, destroyed society. And he was a, he would be, we would think he's a modern person. He, he was in a good end, but he was a modern person. So he was setting up modern schools all over the devastated Eastern Europe. And he set up schools for girls. And he goes, he needed teachers because the old Malamden couldn't do what he wanted to do. And so he set up a teacher seminary for women to teach in the new, in the new schools. And, um, and he wrote a letter to his wife. He was running around. He had to raise money. He had to write the curriculum. He wasn't home. He was running around all over Lita doing this. He wrote a letter to his wife. He says how much he misses learning. I assume he learned. He's a big tzaddik. I he said used to learn every day. But he wasn't learning balumdus. You know, you didn't have a chavusa. You didn't have time. He, he didn't have the pay, he didn't have the peace of mind to sit, shifted, and he said, Wow, I remember how we used to learn with Lumnus. It was so the, the Yama Talmud is a good description, which I don't remember by heart. Very beautiful of the, the of learning the way you're supposed to really learn. And then he said, and I can't do it anymore. He said, but then I remember, Sarich Adam, the Sadiq Gamur, V'Chasid Gadol, Kedai Lehakriv, Al Mizbach HaTorah, Et HaTorah Atzvah. I'm sacrificing the Torah. Al and, Torah And that was his nechama. That's what, not that, that his nechama. He said, that's my ideal. That's what I want to do. I'm a, I'm a, I know a lot about Torah. I'm going to give the Torah to the Torah. I'm going to give it up. That metach, so you say, well, should he really have stopped learning altogether? He didn't stop learning altogether. At some point, you get to a point where you have to balance it. You have to, but the balance is very, very, very crucial. And all the time we have stories, people who you suspect, sacrificed too much for the tzibu. Or maybe not. Uh, this is a constant theme in Jewish uh, in Jewish history. Rabbanim, you ask, how come some Rabbanim have no children or have no children who succeeded? Because they were never home. So they gave up. Yeah, it's not themselves. They had family life. But again, they they sacrificed their family life for the cloud. Is that a right thing to do? I suspect no. <laughs> Abel always said his family comes first. not much um but on the other hand, people who just care about themselves, they have nothing to give. It's 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 a living it's a living tension between the two ideals. And so going back to the original question, living in the Western world, we have to fight against it. In other words, the Western world is way overline in terms of individualism. You care only about yourself to be a good person, of course, not to be a criminal, but you care about yourself, you have to do what's good for you, you have to you know, you come first, Mr. Number, mister, mister number One. That's like, it's, it's, not an, it's not an ideology. It's not a philosophy of Western life. It's it's life. It's what Western society is based on. So first of all, we have to be really strongly against it. We have to protect ourselves. Forget about the mixed speeches. You have to protect yourself to make sure you realize that you are, you can only live if you're part and parcel of a community to which you um, contribute and you're connected to it. Therefore, you get from it and at many many points many many hours of the day you say not what can i do for myself what can i do for what can i do for my community what
0: can i do for others can i uh spin in a slightly different direction um you 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 spoke for a while about um the balance that one strikes between being an individual and being part of something bigger being part of a community but I'm wondering if you could talk a bit about where a person's importance as an individual comes from. I mentioned Seleim al uh, at the beginning. As Jews, we believe each person is important because they have this Seleim Elakim to them. Now, in, in the contemporary Western world, I'm not sure if that's the case. I, what I'm actually going to do is I'm going to send something on the group chat, which someone's pointed out to me. Um, and I'm wondering if you can reflect on the connection between individualism and um and um and the godliness intrinsic in each person and how those two factors relate to each other whether individualism which comes from just assuming importance to human beings ends up being the same as individualism which comes from believing each person is maybe someone's pointed out to me something very interesting the declaration of independence which i just sent on the group chat now For those who aren't looking at the group chat but have got uh, Zoom on in their pocket or something, I'm just going to read it out. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal. They are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. And among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Now, I'm going to send a second quote, which comes from the French Declaration of the Rights of Man, written only 13 years later. can everyone see it as it gone through Here we are. men are born and remain free and equal in right social distinctions can be found only in the common good. now there's one very important word with a C or we might say with a g missing between those two. they're very very similar. the one is the inspiration of the other. there's no mention of God in the second one. I think nowadays the vast majority of the at least the academic secular Western world also would believe in individualism without it being connected to God, yet we think the opposite. We think that a person's individualism, their importance comes from the fact that they made Salam Do you Mind discussing that for a moment?
1: It it could be if we can take a few minutes for uh, what theoretical philosophy, it could be you pointed, you put your finger on a very very important point. The even in the Declaration of Independence, it doesn't say that the value of man comes because he was created by Tzalem That is a deeply Jewish uh, notion which uh, is, does, does not resonate in 17th century political thought already. And it says that they were created and they were endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. The, Declaration, the American Declaration of Independence is based on the admittedly radical equality of man. So I cannot better myself at your expense. Doesn't really explain why. It explains, It says that it's also, awesome. and the reason is because we're all equal. So, so, uh, so, therefore, certain things should not be and cannot be taken away. They are um, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, whatever that means. Um, it could be that that's one of the reasons why the notion of um, the greatness of the individual man has become degraded in the Western world because it's based on rights. It says, look, we're all equal, and therefore you have the right to, think of the words, the pursuit of happiness. I have an inalienable right to take care of myself. And you're not allowed to, it's negative. You're not allowed to interfere with it. Now, if you don't want to pursue your own uh, happiness, that's your problem. It's okay. But I have a right, you're not supposed to interfere with it. That's the best. Declaration of Independence says, and that's the that's the basis for modern liberal uh, protection of rights. Uh, Judaism doesn't talk a lot, a lot about rights. He talks about chovot. The the radical nature of bishvili nivah olam doesn't come to say that. Therefore, I'm entitled to all the fruits in the world. The world is created for me, so all the fruits belong to me. No, it's it's meant by Chazal to mean that you have obligations. You, you have to be, you have a tzalem alokim, so just like God creates, ma'hu you have to, that, that, that's the basis for, for, for doing great things, including helping other people, uh, and that should be that you have rights to take care of yourself. So the, I think maybe, this is a connection of philosophy and the history of ideas, it could be that Dafka, the 17th century emphasis in English political philosophy, which is what the Declaration of Independence is based on, on Locke that, that we, we can't do better than the individual. The, the only yachida, the only unit of value we have is the individual, and therefore you can't touch that, so it comes to be strict. And The whole basis of American law is to restrict people from interfering with each other. But the idea of the greatness of the individual in Judaism is, is bound with that he has to therefore fulfill his greatness, as fulfilling his greatness is in, among other places, has to be in the social the social sphere. You will not find in American law or Western law an obligation to help other people. It was very difficult for American law to, first of all, it didn't exist. And when they tried doing it, it was, I think, only in the 60s. So the name of laws would say that if you walk on the street and someone is in trouble, that you have to help them. The, the, the law did not exist. They passed laws like that. They were called Good Samaritan laws. The Good Samaritan is a figure who appears in the New Testament. And he's there to make fun of Jews. He's there to make fun of Pharisees. But in any event, the Good Samaritan is exotic, helps people. So by calling it the Good Samaritan, they were saying, well, you know, there's this Christian ideal of being sweet and nice. Let's make it a law. The law never really works doesn't really obligate people. In the end no one is ever I doubt very much. There probably are cases, but it's very difficult to prosecute somebody for Which is what the good Samaritan law tried to say. We wouldn't call it the good Samaritan law. We would say it's an Isa. It's it's like your Fech You're as you're responsible for his life as you are for your own. And, and 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 of course, you know, is it possible that you see a naked person and you don't clothe him? That kind of indignation, it's not like the goodness of your heart. Let's be a sweetie pie. It's, it's, you know, like you're going to clothe yourself and not clothe him. Or ma or ma means being obligated to the world the way God obligates him to the world, to create and to do good. It's, it's, it, it changes the notion. Uh, and that, that could be, I didn't think this before, but that could be really where our individuality is different than than Western secular individuality. Not because it doesn't have God. She pointed out, that Rehsian quotes God. But it doesn't quote God, it doesn't say that you will be like God if you're an individual. It says that God gave you certain rights, no one should touch them. How do they know God gave you certain rights? Good kasha, I don't know. But God gave you something, no one else should take it away. We don't say that God gave me the right to be happy. We're saying God made the, God made the obligation to constantly strive to be just like Him. Which means that I can have infinite value. If you can be like God, then you can be like God. You can be like God. You can have infinite value and the rest of us have to respect that. But what I respect is that you can be like God, not that you deserve to have a house. You deserve to have uh, uh, $20,000 a year, $50,000 a year guaranteed income. That's not, that's not part of your right? What you deserve is the respect that's accorded to someone who is Kedokim. Yodea tovava. Kedokim. And that, and that creates a different kind of infinite individuality. It's one that's connected to the world, connected to others, and, and requires justification all the time. You have to continue to act like that to be worthy of that respect. But if you just give up and you say, no, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm retired. Come, uh, come respect me. I'm not sure, Judaism. Because you have the potential, we'll respect you. But we're not going to respect you in actuality we respect your potentiality but you've given up so it's a shame and we also cry over the over the over the spilt milk over the fact that you're not actually doing anything with the with the potential that God gave you the, that, the french declaration of the rights of man uh, i don't know the history i don't know why they left out god could be because they didn't like god uh I french revolutionary but uh,
0: I presume that's the reason
1: um I mean, French revolutionaries were not religious really people. They were anti-Catholics. So they might have left out God on purpose. Probably that's what they did. It's very difficult. It is difficult to defend the value of man without a, a theory of the King. I believe. And therefore, I'm not going to defend I don't know how Western liberalism ultimately defends the value of man without understanding that man is divine, that man is like God. And maybe that's why the theory is falling apart today. It just becomes stomp selfishness. But, uh, but, uh, but it's interesting, because that's not the way... It wasn't based on Selma Lo Kim. It was based on a the king. Think, think, of, think of the founding of America. The king of England gave a charter to William Penn to make a colony. Well, God gave a charter to men to have life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We've gotten a grant. And you're not allowed to mess with that. So the people of Virginia can't mess with the people of, Virginia, of, of Pennsylvania. That, that's, that's the theory that's being applied here. Because the king, king of the world in this case, has given you a charter. He's granted you certain things. If he hadn't granted it to you, you'd be in trouble. But we don't say that. We say that God created us. But said, okay, He didn't give me a charter that I have the right to be happy. He gave me. He gave me the nature whereby... I can be great. But what is greatness involve? So is <laughs> a greatness above being like God, which includes especially what a Chazal said the first thing to be like God is. Ethics. That, that's the beginning of greatness. And it's not just an added thing. So that's perhaps very, very, you know, really, really, really where we part. But it is true that until we heard it from the Americans, that we heard it from the French, I'm not sure we really understood to what an extent we really meant it when we said olam. The person is, a person's life can be the measure of value in the world. But a person's life that's a measure of value in the world in Yiddishkeit is the life connected, the life that's doing, the life that's creating, the life that's active, not just existing, because pure existence. It's just potential. You could be like God. But in fact, you're a and nothing The potential is impressive. If you don't do anything with it, we're not going to go anywhere. Not that Judaism is in favor of taking away your rights. Because we can't take away your rights because then maybe you won't be able to do anything tomorrow. But we respect your rights because we're hoping that you'll go somewhere with it. And when you go with it is building, doing things. That's what you're supposed to do with your individual rights and possessions and abilities, and so, if you realize that, I think you're protected from the from the extremes, and maybe that explains why the extremes don't exist. Why you can be part of the community, and also and also the building block of the community at the same time.
0: It's worth pointing out. Um, you just occurred to me now when you were in the middle of uh, what you were saying that directly after this uh, this French uh, Bill of Rights of Man was 10 years of bloodshed and warfare of the French Revolution, which uh, is an interesting That's thing true. to put in the mix. I've just kind of realized not only now that we're running out of time. Um, I wanted to touch on a more practical uh, practical application of this. You mentioned you mentioned um, that we cry over the spilled milk, the fact that people aren't fulfilling their cellular, medic, the fact that people aren't doing what is expected of them, all the wonderful things that they can do is actually something which causes us disappointment. Now this is actually, can be a point of confrontation between um, between Jews and between people living in in, in in the modern Western world. We have expectations of others which we want them to meet. Now, someone will look at that or hear about that and think that it's elitist. Who are you to tell me what to do? Even if the person is uh, is is um, isn't particularly uh, is, is subtle and doesn't walk around telling people what to do. They'll still take this whole approach as being somewhat elitist. If each individual has their own importance, then why should you want different to me than what I want for me? How would how would a Jew explain that um, to someone who doesn't come from with doesn't come with the same um, frame of mind? Well,
1: you know, first of all, it's, you know, it's not really true. And the other side is not really true. The The Western society has this ideal that each person should fulfill his uh, utmost potential. And if he doesn't, it's a sad story. No, there must be a million films of the teacher whose his job is to get each kid to maximize his potential and the kid who just wants to play hooky. So, uh, you know, it's a terrible sin. He said he didn't do anything bad, but what a sin is that he... He didn't maximize his potential. The idea is there. Um, but uh, again, if you call it Selim Elohim, if you say that that's what man was created to be, then any person who does not become Elohim, which is all of us, has messed up his potential. Because you could have been more and you should have been more. Uh, God created you to be his reflection in the world. And we don't do that. In other words, in other words, every chet is terrible. Any chet, any fispus, any uh, non-fulfillment of the maximum a person can do is ha'olam. That's not what the Mishnah says, but it's the opposite thing. Because uh, or the other Gemara, Odmat. we're getting close to Yemei Khoban. Call me, Shalom We're each responsible for the building of the basic in the gula of the world. But you're asking a different question, which is it's, it's connected and disconnected. And that is in 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 one respect the, 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 the theory of Tzadim al creates radical equality. Each person has infinite value. So if it's infinite value, I can't, I, you know, who, who, who am I? I have infinite value too for myself, but who am I to even, you know, I, can't, I, I cannot assume a greater position than you, which is true. But that doesn't mean that I can't be cognizant of the fact that this person of infinite value is not fulfilling it because there's infinite value, then everything he doesn't do is even worse. Uh, the practical conclusion would be, I'm saying really practical now. It's practical because it works, and practical because it's, because it's justified, and anything else is unjustified. You can only give to you can only come to someone else with tightness if you come from a position of equality, not, not from a position of superiority. Um, in other words, the truth is, if I come to someone and say, you know, I think that you're a shmendrik, I think that you're a... Uh, uh, you know, a failure. So he can say to me, I disagree. I'm happy. I think you're a failure. There's no way to answer that question. In the end, he's responsible for himself. As part of my obligation to others, I can make suggestions. Uh, I can try to push. I can try to help you. I see something which I think you don't see. So I have an obligation to open your eyes. Uh, but that's different than what God does. In that sense, I don't imitate God. God comes to be the mother. We come uh, as uh, as shekhinim. In the end, it's really true that a person has to have responsibility. A person's responsibilities for himself. That doesn't that doesn't mean that we're not responsible for for, for each other. But ultimately, um, it's, it's his his life. I, I think I, I think I think we also we also trust people, even when we know they're wrong. You know, in the end, if someone argues with me, then I really have to say uh, to him, you know, Yadaya Yadaya laid my snapshot Person knows. Person is supposed to know where he's supposed to go. And one of the, the opposite danger, we're all familiar with the literature, of someone who thinks he knows everybody else should be, they should be like me, or they should be with my ideal, and you force everybody into that mold, and that, that, that kills people, that destroys people. Because in the end we say, we meaning you and I, and our teachers, that each person has his own, his own ideal, his own greatness, his own way of being a Salaam and if that's true, then ultimately only he knows it. Because what I'm doing is I'm transporting from my understanding of myself and trying to compare it to you. So it's useful, but it doesn't, it, it can't be perfect. It can't be 100%. So in the end, if you ask me what should be done, we should inspire each person to figure out for himself what he's supposed to be. Practically speaking, you can also push a little bit. I'm a little bit smarter than you at the moment. So I can say, don't you realize that you could be a Talmud Chacham while you're reading comic books? But uh, But in the end, Person comes and says, you know, I think God made me to be the world's greatest expert in comic books. I can't argue with him. Uh, you, have to, you have to realize that there's a certain point at which, again, because of the radical nature, he's a tsellam elokim, and therefore only he knows what his Elohim, what, what, what he has to be. Elo-. Okay, Avram, okay, Yitzhak, okay, Yaakov. Avram didn't force Yitzhak to be like Avram. Yitzhak became like Yitzhak. It's different than Yaakov. Is uh, was also different. Who told Yaakov to be Yaakov? Yitzhak told him to be Yaakov, but he didn't tell him how because he only told him to be like Yitzhak, and Yaakov wasn't like it. So, we have three of us, and each one of us has to be different in the same in the same sense. So, here also, there's a certain balance which is it's not easy. I, 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 um, uh, I uh, my did not call for me to be Mashkir fathers, and one of the reasons because I wouldn't know how to do it. Uh, People tell me that this is what's good for them. I believe them. So maybe I'm being naive, but uh, I'm sure being naive. Uh, it's okay, so I can make suggestions. But in the end, yeah, I really do. You have, to, you have to respect each person's autonomy. You can recognize somebody who's not interested, someone who's just wasted his life. So can, I'm not going to tell him what he should be, but I told him he should think about it. He should try to be something. That, I think, is fair to do. But it's not from a position of superiority because there's radical equality on the basis. Each person is quantitatively... Is nothing potentially is God. That's it. That we are all equal. There's almost there's almost no. If he's on the road, if he's trying to maximize his potential, then there's no way to compare one person with another person. So they're equal and they're at Talim, They're all the same thing. That's that. That's very essential in yeah, How does one give tochacha? It's very difficult. It's very difficult. We're not superiors. Uh, In a a stratified society where there are are inferiors and and superiors, the superiors tell the inferiors what to do because they know. Judaism doesn't have that, including Tammadech Chacham and Tammaratzim, and Mashkichim to Tammidim, and Rosh Yeshiva to Tammidim. There are no superiors and inferiors. They're people who you respect. You think they can help you. But in the end, you have to measure it. You have to do it yourself. That's really true. That's 100% true. I think any good Mashkich knows that. In the end, person has to make his own decision as to what he has to be.
0: Okay, thank you very much. Unfortunately, we've actually reached the end of our allotted hour. Now, although uh, we want to discuss. Yeah, we started, we started five minutes late. You know, we can always add on five minutes. Uh, yeah, but I, I've received a warning from,
1: from superiors,
0: which, according to you, don't exist. They should trust my autonomy, but, um, but they don't. That we have to get done on time because we've got another share starting pretty much now. Um, but we 're going we 're going to be back. we're going to be back in a couple of weeks and we 're going to deal with more questions to do with um, Judaism can with modernity um, on the list for tonight, we had more relativism still we had reductionism, so hopefully we will get to all these topics next time but for tonight, um, that brings us to the end. I want to say on behalf of everyone a big uh, thank you to Ravik once again for giving us uh, for giving us your time for sharing your wisdom with us um, It was great it was great like usual. Um, and it was particularly fascinating to hear these ideas relate to something which is so contemporary. If anyone has any other topics which, within this broader theme, which they want discussed discuss over the next few weeks, send them to me. Let me hear what they are. And then hopefully, if Rebecca agrees, we will discuss them in the coming few sessions. That's it for today. Thank you very much.